0: Welcome. How are you doing today? Even if your answer is not so well, this is still the right place to be. You're at OTR, Achieving Mental Health For Real, formerly Over the Rainbow. So why should you listen to this podcast? Well, like the title says, to achieve mental health that's real. We talk to people who suffer and battle real mental health issues it gives you a chance to hear how they cope with their problems and hopefully recover or at least learn to manage and live with them. We also have, on occasion, a mental health expert that may be able to help with some of your issues. So relax and get ready to hear valuable information that can help and inspire you to achieve mental health for real. Now, here is Bob with today's interview.
1: Thank you. Hello, this is Bob Adelman, a host of OTR, Achieving Mental Health for Real. And today we have a great show. I'm talking with a young man named Dijon Williams. Dijon is a podcast host for the show Words for the Wise, and that can be heard on Apple and Spotify. He also is an author, and he's written two books, both on Amazon. The first book is called Life Through the Eyes of a Broken Poet. And most recently, he wrote the book Through the Eyes of 2020. He also is a development and lifestyle coach and a wealth creator. In this episode, we talk about his depression when he was younger and his recovery and how he is in a much better place today. Okay, here's the interview with Deshaun Williams. How you doing, Deshaun?
2: I'm doing good. How about you? Good.
1: Could you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get
2: started? So my name is Deshaun Williams. I'm 22 years old, from the state of South Carolina. I'm a podcast host, author, and a, um entrepreneur.
1: Okay, that sounds good. Um, I saw you had a book about poetry, I think it was?
2: Yes, sir. So I have two books out that's on Amazon. Um, one is called Through the Eyes of a Broken Poet. And the second one that was published back in March is called Through the Eyes of 2020, which goes back and look at everything from 2018
1: to now. Okay. And your name is a pod, your podcast is?
2: The name of my podcast is called Words for the Wise, Words for the Wise, actually. And before it was um, Words for the Wise, it was actually Living Inspiration. But okay. it only kept that name for about six
1: months. Okay. And um, how long have you been doing the podcasting?
2: So November 7th of this year will be two years of me podcasting.
1: Okay. I don't know if you know much about my background. Uh, I've went through two major depressions, anxiety depressions, where I've been hospitalized. Um, I have a, what they call OCD. Also I have ADHD and dyslexia. So really I started this podcast just to inform people about what I've gone through. And um really uh we're here to to, to talk about you and um uh, so could you tell us about what your goals are and um how you are gonna achieve those goals? Is that a fair question?
2: So um my goals are, is to retire out of my corporate America job at least by the time I'm 26, 27. Um, by that time, I hope that my, my personal business called Deshaun Williams Industries will be taken off, um, to where I can do that along with the other business ventures that I'm working with. Um, I'm also hoping that, cause my first book, it sold, my second book sold, but not as much as I hope that my next few books will sell. So I'm hoping that I become a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. But I know it takes time, it takes patience, and it also takes a lot of promoting your content.
1: Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I discovered that when I started this podcast. <laughs> it's really difficult to break in. Um I listened to a couple of your broadcasts they are very good. Uh, I listened to The Mental Health with Zim. Uh, He talked about anxiety. I I know all about anxiety attacks because I had many. Um, Basically, I've become dysfunctional. I kind of just like crawl up into a little ball and I can't talk to anyone. But uh, I listened to that and and a few others. So what would you want to talk about? I'll leave it up to you.
2: So what most people actually don't realize about me is why I ever started the podcast and why I decided to venture out and do my own thing. And so I kind of want to talk about that story. Okay.
1: So why don't you tell us a story about how you wanted to venture out?
2: Yes, sir. So I'm actually adopted. Uh, I was adopted by my grandparents while I was in fourth grade. Um, That was a very interesting time. And I remember going to court that day, smiling, everything, happy. As-
1: How old were you at the time?
2: Um, i say about 11, 12 years old. Okay. So it's been about 10, 10, 10 11 years now, if mm-hmm. not longer. Um. So I remember going to the courthouse that day, listening to the judge say, your name is, because my, my real name is not Deshaun. So hearing the judge say, Okay, your name now is DeMarco Williams because that's my, my legal name is DeMarco. But I hate it so bad. And I'll get to that. But going further, going on in life because my social security card had not changed, I still had to go by my birth name for my last name. So I had to go by DeMarco Andrews. I had to do that until I got my state ID. And that was a pain because my ID said Williams. And my social said, Andrews. And when I went to the hospital, and they ran it off Andrews. I was like, it's William. I said, like, well, we got to go with what's in the system. I said, in the system, it says William. So I've always had problems when it came to my last name because of the benefits that I was getting from the government. If we would have went on and said, Andrews doesn't exist anymore, then everything would have been cut off. Medicaid, um and the check that they, that my grandparents was getting for me. Um, eventually about, so three years later, fast forwarding three years later, I actually lost my grand, my grandfather. I'm sorry. Um, I had just talked to him that morning. I was at school about two o'clock. I get dismissed. Like, why well, I'm getting dismissed at two o'clock to get out at three twenty five so well, I'm getting dismissed. So when we pull up to the house, we see a, uh, slow, um, a sign that says slow funeral. Like, who passed away? So when we came inside when me and my two cousins came inside the house, that's when we got news that my had passed away in his sleep. It didn't hit me until after the funeral. I was I'm kind of a person that even when I'm weak, I want to be strong so I never showed anything. People knew I was hurting, but I didn't show it. Because I it's like, oh mm-hmm. uh, nothing can get to me and I all understand I'm still that way to this day but that's the first that was the first step of me knowing a hey, I want to do something that's gonna help me and my grandmother one day so I started writing poetry but I didn't start letting people know that I wrote poetry until I got in ninth grade when I went and entered a poetry slam at the high school um a lot of people's like you're real good with poetry. Why haven't you came out? Why haven't you came, told us that you write poetry before now? I didn't I didn't want people to know. It's was like, well, you need to write more. You need to submit it and get into contests and go from there. So I was like, okay, see what happens. So I decided to do that. By the time I hit 10th grade, I was a six-time published poet. I had six my po- Sit to my personal poem published in Anthropology. I think I said that right. And I was like, okay, so I'm doing something right. So let's keep going. As the high school years went on, I continued poetry, but I did more in community service. Like, I helped, I actually got an award for being my community's number one helper. Because I put in over 600 hours during the summer, leading into my 11th grade year for volunteering. And I was like, wow, I didn't know you could win an award for that. I still got that award somewhere, but it pops up on my Facebook every year around May. May mm-hmm. and September, it always pops up. Um So I was like, I like helping people. I would like to do this more, but I don't know where to start.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm similar. I enjoy helping people um and um really trying to get more more of a more of the stigma of mental illness out in the open and talk about it more now did you say i i thought i heard that you you had said i don't know if you want to put this in or not that you had said, had a suicide attempt
2: or- yes yeah, so um that's actually how the podcast got started um I had stopped writing poetry because I was working so much. I was literally working sixty-eight to seventy hours a week. Um, wow. This was in two thousand
1: eighteen. What What do you work
2: at? I was doing security at the time. Mm-hmm. I no longer do security I actually. Left. I was in the security okay. field for two and a half years, and I finally mm-hmm. left. It's not a It's not a hard job. It's a stressful job. Mm-hmm. You could imagine, but when i first started doing security i was working 70 hours a week um full time college student and half of those hours more than half of those hours i was getting were maybe 3 days in a row i was working 16 hour shifts wow. i'd go in at 6 get off at 10 p.m. turn back around and go right back in mm-hmm. so my 40 hours were already there and two and a half days mm. but i was working 70 hours 68 hours or more normally i've worked about 70 hours 70 and a half is what i think they clocked me in wow and give me wrong, paychecks was nice mm-hmm. but uh, the mental health that it cost me was not in 2018 in the back half of september of 2018 actually um back half september 2018 i attempted to commit suicide Mm -hmm. Uh, people always ask me well when you commit suicide what did you try to do did you try to cut your wrist did you try to take overdose what did you do it was neither it was actually a gun um loaded to the hip i pulled the trigger it clicked the bullet got stuck in the chamber don't know how Cause it was clean and everything, but the bullet got stuck in the chamber. Wow. I told myself, if it wasn't for that bullet getting stuck in the chamber, I wouldn't be here today. But
1: that sounds like a godsend to me.
2: Yes, sir. And like when I went to the hospital, because the church I went to, they told me they was like, you can either go to. Greenwood County Hospital or we can take you to Greenville County Hospital. I was like, well, I stay in Greenwood County, so I go to Greenwood. So I went to the hospital, stayed there for seven to eight days, but while I was there, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to attend the class. Mm-hmm. I did because I knew that's the only way I could get out. Right. And so
1: you went through a, a major depression, pretty, pretty major depression. Yes, sir. And
2: mm-hmm. And they looked at me, and they said, you have, they said, there are three stages of depression. You have your minor, your mild, and your major. They said, when you're in the major, we have to keep you on suicide watch. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell me until I checked out. I was on suicide watch. I was diagnosed with major depression. Uh, how did they do a suicide watch? And how did they do it? Yeah. So anytime I went to my room to go lay down or go to sleep, they were actually seeing somebody in there constantly to make sure that I'm still alive, make sure that I haven't tried anything. Okay. And at one point, I called them. I was like, look, I just want to sleep. Just leave me alone. I just want to sleep. That's the most mm-hmm. sleep I done got in a, three months. I just want to sleep at this point. Yeah, I hear you. Um,
1: can I can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Um, oh, um, how did anybody find out I mean you said you had a gun, and how did people find out that you tried to commit suicide
2: so nobody nobody knew that it was the gun until i um until just recently I finally came out about there um about five months ago, but mm-hmm. everybody at my church knew that I wasn't acting right and everything, and so they asked me what was going on, and I just kind of told them just back in the. When I was younger, I could just say stuff like this, and I wouldn't get admitted into the hospital mm-hmm. stuff, and i just get counseled or be asked, what's this about? Uh, this time they admitted me into the hospital, I was like, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. That's um, probably the best place to be. When I, so when I got out of the hospital, about eight days later, I actually had, the same day I got out of the hospital, I had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um. So we were so short staffed. The only thing was, I wasn't working all those hours anymore. I was working 40, 46 hours a week. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's fine. I can live with that. I got more time for me, but I had dropped out of college two times already during that in between those periods. And I was in another college by that time. Okay. So I had attended two different colleges, no, three different colleges. And had dropped out three times, and I was going back four and four.
1: Okay, so your your suicide came like in your early twenties or your teens?
2: Um, it came two years ago, so it came at when I was twenty years old.
1: Oh, so you're a young fellow. I'm sixty two, by the way.
2: So. Yeah, I was told I have a lot of life ahead of me. Yeah, you do. Um, so after after I got to the hospital, I was like, okay. I want to get my word out there, and I want people to know that no matter how bad their day or how bad their life may seem, there's always a brighter side to things. And so that's when I created the podcast. It was originally called Living Inspiration because I was like, well, I attempted suicide, but I survived. So I'm going to call it Living Inspiration. Mm -hmm. Then I started thinking, I was like, well, what if I pass away? And then it's not so much living inspiration anymore because it's coming from a dead guy. Hmm. So that's how I end up with the name Words for the Wise. Because I was like, if I pass away, people can go back and listen to it. And it's wisdom in every episode. Gotcha. Um, The first episode was actually supposed to be dropped on Halloween. I just couldn't pull myself to do the episode on Halloween because I was not going to talk about um ghosts and costumes and stuff like that, so I waited till November the second mm-hmm. and I did on November the seventh It was like a three minute episode shortest episode that I've done on the podcast mm-hmm. um and it was called looking for the Rainbow and I was at work, and it was just about a truck driver that came in and made me made me laugh
1: that's that's because uh the original uh uh, this podcast was originally called Over the Rainbow. Wow. Yeah, but OTR stands for Over the Rainbow. Yes. Sir. Keeping mental health for real. But go ahead. I'm
2: sorry. And so I was like, okay, so I will publish episodes, not taking it serious, not promoting it or anything. And then I started running to people that was like, hey, I listened to your podcast. You got good content, but you need to publish more. Like, I'm looking forward to your next podcast because it's helping me. Mm-hmm. I didn't get serious about the podcast until season two, which I started earlier than what it was supposed to. And that's just so that I could get on a routine. Once I got that routine going, I'm like, okay, I published every week and I kept publishing, mm-hmm. kept publishing, kept publishing. Mm-hmm. It was during, in between season two and season three where I wrote the book. Life to the Eyes of a Broken Poet. And that mm. is like the top soil that talks about everything that I went through and the thoughts that I had. And I was like, all right, okay. so... And it has your poetry in it all. Uh, as well? Yes, sir. It's all poetry. Mm. It's all, poetry, oh, it's all poetry, poetry that I had written okay. from when I was at some of my darkest times. But it was all mm-hmm. top soil, so I kind of wrote it, but... I didn't write it to where people where I made myself so vulnerable because right. I still wasn't comfortable of opening up, letting everybody know who I was. No,
1: no not it. It, it, ta- it takes a lot of bravery to come out and yes, talk sir. about it. I admire you for that. Um, not a lot of people do that. There are a lot of people that go through depression and never talk about it, yes, which sir. is something I'm trying to break. That. You know, so to allow people to go through their stories and tell them about the happy endings or at least uh how they got better.
2: Yes. And so I let that book stay. I didn't promote that book that much because I was like, OK, this book is going to be OK, but it's not going to be a finished product. Like, I'm not just going to write this one book and that's it. So. When I was starting, when I was finished season three of the podcast back in January of this year, and season four was going to start in April, I was in a car accident. I was in a car accident mm. at the same time that the coronavirus pandemic hit real hard. Oh, not the bad time. <laughs> uh, my I was ran off the road. The person that ran me off the road kept going. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, flipped the car twice, and it rolled four times. And people ask me, how are you still alive? You know, I can't answer that question, but if you look at that car, I'm not supposed to be alive. Because the roof of the car was dented in to an extent. Mm-hmm. So while I was out of work, I wrote the second book, Through the eyes of 2020. And everybody was like, you can't write much about 2020 because we're isolated. We got to stay inside. We can't leave the house. I was like, it has nothing to do with COVID-19. It has everything Mm -hmm. to do with the thoughts, the heartbreaks, and the pain that I felt from years on top of years. One of them is actually about a fiance, of one of my former fiancées that while I was asleep, she blocked me. And it had been the second time that she had did it. And she she did it once before in 2017. I gave her the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt in
1: 2019. I'm sorry. What what did she do? Block she blocked
2: you? me. Both times I'm she old, blocked uh, me I... was while I was asleep, getting ready for work. And what does block mean? Like when she blocked me, it's like I couldn't call her. I couldn't text her. Oh, like, I see. I'm sorry. Uh, like
1: yeah,
2: I got you. I now. couldn't get a hold of her whatsoever um, okay. I did send her a long message about three weeks after that whether she saw it or not I don't know but I just needed to get that off my chest like I didn't badmouth her I didn't cuss out of nothing I was very professional and civilized with what I said and I told her that I mm-hmm. wish her the best and everything but that if she happens to come back around I can't be no more than an acquaintance. Like, I, I can't be your friend because what you did. I got to be an acquaintance because mm-hmm. we got to keep our distance. Mm-hmm.
1: When I was married in 94, uh, my wife left me. So I can kind of understand what, where you're coming yes, from. Yes, sir.
2: So when all that went down, I was like, okay, now I got to go harder. Now I got to go harder. Um, so mm-hmm. I published that book. And... March, though, I want to say like March twenty fourth 2020, it hit Amazon the very, it hit Amazon like five minutes later after it got published. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, now it's time to promote. Still hasn't sold that many copies, but once again, it's only been up since March. So I still got time before my next book comes out because I haven't even started right. writing it yet because... I don't know if I want to still do poetry or if I just want to kind of sit down and write about how I got to be a fairly successful 22-year-old male. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Can can you talk about that a little bit, How, how you got to be so successful?
2: Yes, sir. So the main thing that got me to where I'm at now is just I had to take every I had to change like my mindset on things. Cause even during, even while recording the podcast, inspiring others and writing books, I still had like a negative, like not so much negative, but not a positive mindset either. And I was always told your success is based on your mindset. So when it came to my mindset, I had to sit down, read some I had to read a um, book on the mindset, how to change it. I had to have conversations with my mentors, my coaches on how, how to help change my mindset. And those conversations on the phone alone was five, six hours every other day. Um, and when I started mm-hmm. to change my mindset, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that, that's going to be bad in every day, but... It's up to you on if you want to find the good in it. So once I started realizing I may fail at something, but that failure is going to lead to something greater. And that's when I was like, oh, I can achieve anything that I want. And I started out by being an advocate for mental health, <laughs> um, advocate for mental health, advocate for um, standing up against bullying. Mm-hmm. I'm actually an advocate for Stump Out bullying, which I got to remove. Um, and then I was like, okay, so the first step is out of the way, but I want to take it another level. So I started, once again, I started pushing the podcast out more. I started setting goals. I started setting goals around right before season four started. I was like, I want, by the end of season four, I want to get 3,000 total plays okay that's is that for one episode or for all yeah. like that's gonna be for like the entire podcast i just okay. want three thousand total plays okay. season four is fully recorded i already has to end date for season four and i have to start that season five and i meant at 5.3 mm-hmm. yeah 5.3 thousand total plays so i was like okay now i'm going for six thousand i want six thousand before season four ends i want seven thousand by the mid by mid uh season five so when i realized hey i can set these goals i can meet them but i gotta keep setting goals so that i can beat them it's like okay now what else can i do so i started designing i have three hoodies um Three jackets actually that has my design on it that I no longer mm-hmm. use. Um, I scrapped them because I just didn't like the way they look. And then I was like, okay, well, then like that, so I'm going to go somewhere else. So I started kind of marketing around seeing how I could, how, how can I say it? How I can find something that fits my personality so that people know Oh, this is who he is, and this is his personality. So I end up with the Desha- Sean Williams Industries, and the Sean Williams Industries is a combination of the podcast, um, podcast, my books, public speaking, motivational speaking, being an advocate, and also my self-development classes I just started rolling out on the night. So I'm telling people like, if you are ready to make a change in your mindset, in your life, just book a consultation with me and we can go from there. Gotcha.
1: Did you have, did you have people uh, that you can contact? I
2: haven't had any yet, um, but it's still fairly new. So I'm promoting it mm-hmm. like nobody's business. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully that gets it going.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean... And that's what you got to do. Um, I've heard this on many occasions for motivational speakers. It's just, you have to have that attitude that it's going to happen, and that's the attitude I have for this podcast. I I want this podcast to become really, really uh, reaching a lot of people. But go ahead. All right,
2: I completely understand what you're saying, and, and this is where I tell mm-hmm. it. like I post motivational quotes on my Facebook. On my Instagram and on my Twitter and on my Snapchat. And just recently, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure everybody heard of it. TikTok, because President Trump was talking about banning it. If yeah, I know China didn't mm-hmm. sell it to the US. And I, I remember like, okay, I got 13,000 followers on TikTok. Wow. What am I going to do if it gets banned? I can't reach those 13,000 followers.
1: How, how, how were you able to get thirteen thousand followers?
2: That's amazing. That's actually very funny. I was just about okay. to tell you, so on TikTok I had like a different personality. So, um uh, on TikTok I had that personality that you don't see from a professional really. Um, you would see it more from R and B type singers when they have off their shirts and stuff, but they, they started following me because I made good content and half of them just went to sleep with me. Like, oh. like, well, we're not going to do that. Um, I'm taken, so we're not going to do that. Um, You're in a relationship or married? Uh, rela- just dating right now. Okay. Um, About three weeks ago, I was like, okay, I want to do something different with my TikTok because it's not going anywhere and I feel like I can motivate people on every platform that I'm on. Mm-hmm. So I hear all the videos that I felt was not PG or PG-13. Like, don't get me wrong, there was no it was like no hardcore stuff yeah. on, it It was just like, I was just shirtless and yeah, over know. 50 <laughs> videos. So I hear all those videos and I was like, okay, and this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start Posting videos of me talking, motivating people, telling them, hey, um, today may have been hard, but you got through it. You made it through another day. Keep your head up. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, since doing that, I've actually gained 500 more followers. Mm-hmm. And I get people in my inbox saying, hey, thank you for that. I needed that or You're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Wow. That's really great. And I always send them back to my website. Like, hey, if you want to see more, you can go to the website. You can see the podcast. You can listen to it. Can you give us the the, the name of your website so everybody knows? So so the name of my website, um, which I didn't think it through when I made it because it's super long. But it's Williams the Sean williams industries.com okay. and i always tell people i'm gonna just send you the link that way all you gotta do is click on it and bookmark it
1: okay well in, in this program in the description area i'll put that link in there so they can and go go to it what,
2: and since um venturing out on my own with all these projects i've i've met a lot of a lot more entrepreneurs um I was actually a guest on somebody's zoom conference call where he interviewed me um mm-hmm. I had an entrepreneur I got an entrepreneur coming up two entrepreneurs actually coming on to the podcast and everything for season four and then I've just been open about my mental health right. and I yesterday was like mental health awareness day, mm-hmm. so I just posted all day yesterday. Like I haven't, I have an application on my phone that allows me to um, schedule when I want to make posts on my business pages, mm-hmm. and I I had posts from going to my Facebook business page, Twitter account, and my Instagram account from like eight o'clock last night until about four o'clock this afternoon. And it was just going every two hours. And, I, and somebody was like, did you not sleep last night? I was like, oh, no, I was sleep. Something else is just posting for me that I was sleep.
1: Oh, so you have a program that posts to all your different social media. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, that's great.
1: I'll have to ask you for that one. <laughs> so,
2: So that's just a little bit about me.
1: That's great. You had mentioned to me earlier that you have ADHD you take any medications for that? And if so, what were they?
2: Adderall. I used to take that.
1: You know, that's a terrible... See, if you listen to my broadcast, I associate ADHD as a catalyst to a lot of other problems. In other words, depression and anxiety can be caused by ADHD because, I don't know if you notice that I have a tendency to interrupt people, but... And I apologize, but that's part of my ADHD. And what happens is when I talk to people, they they don't they don't know how to relate to me because you know, I'll just blurt things out and I'll say things out of context and uh I'll just forget everything. I don't know what your symptoms are, but my symptoms are many. And I think it's led to me being depressed and having an anxiety so I advocate ADHD as one of the one of the worst kind of a mental illness that you can have I, I don't know what kind do you what symptoms do you have for, for ADHD if I can ask
2: so when it comes to ADHD like um normally I'm really hyper but then like I'm hyper one minute and then the next minute it's just kind of like what was there. So, yeah. uh, it's like, where, where did are, it come from? Are you sure that's not like, a
1: bipolar condition?
2: Have you been diagnosed for bipolar at all? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't diagnosed with bipolar. Okay. Um, they did tell me I was schizophrenic one time, and I told them I, that they were wrong. Uh, so, you, so, they're telling you that you had two personalities. Okay. Right. I was like, now that i look back at it you know it could be true mm-hmm. because i have that but i feel like everybody has that nice side and everybody has that, that not so nice side yeah um, amen to that. but when it comes to adhd like i'm real hyped up one minute um sometimes i'm more than like more hyped than what i should be especially Starting this new job Friday, they was like, um past Friday they was like, It's always a rush. Are you gonna be up yeah. for it? I was like, yeah. A rush? Oh, you ain't said nothing but a word. That's just kinda like, Okay, I can stay busy, but I ain't liking this rush. What do you mean about a rush? I'm sorry. It, it's a it's a very fast paced job. oh like I see. you got to stay ahead of the machine. Okay. What um, what type of job? So is I'm a material handler. So I bring the parts out to the to the production line. Okay. But I work for Samsung Electronics, mm-hmm. um, that makes the home appliances for washers, refrigerators, and front load dryers. And it's a pain. I can imagine. That's a pain. Yeah, that's not a exciting job, right? It's not an exciting job. It's mm-hmm. a very my shift is very long because my shift starts at seven o'clock in the morning and it doesn't end until six forty at night. Mm-hmm. And I stay 45 minutes away from my job. So I'm always there before the rest of my shift. I get there about six o'clock, six fifteen. And I was like, y'all don't realize I'm here for twelve and a half hours. I'm, but I only get paid for like 11 hours okay. because we got a 40 minute lunch break.
1: Right, I got you. That's a tough schedule.
2: You're you're working there now. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. I started okay. Friday. Today is my third day because oh. we had to work Saturday too. So I work every other Saturday. Hmm. So this job, um, you think you're gonna stay on it? Um, I've been asked that question three times right now. That's kind of iffy because me and the um and the plant. Managers have had it out oh. all three days that I've been there. Okay, and like I would like to stay there because like the pay being a temp mm-hmm. right now, the pay isn't great. But getting hired on, it it gets better. Right. So I'm trying to make it to 520 hours, get hired on, get more pay, and get my benefits because this year alone, I've had. Four jobs because temp services have ended my assignment.
1: Mm, that's rough. I, I'm a. i am used to be an IT consultant, and people would just get rid of me, and then I had to get another job, and they get rid of me, and it it, it was a real mess. But uh, so the only thing that you have taken is the Adderall?
2: Uh I took I, I took a few other um, medications. I can't remember the name of. Okay. Them.
1: Maybe they were more kind of a bipolar med- medication,
2: possibly. I, I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm just. <laughs> it was more of like they saw the, the Adderall because they actually had took me off Adderall and they put it back, put me back on because they wanted the Adderall to counter out counteract the other medicine because I took one at night. I took Adderall during the day. Okay. So they wanted Adderall to counteract the one that I took at night. Because at night they said that's when my depression gets the worst. Hmm.
1: See, I'm the opposite. My depression is the worst in the morning. Yes, sir. Yeah.
2: Uh, I know some that's this is worse hmm. like midday. My
1: like, oh, I mean. my midday from ten thirty to one thirty. I have a lot of anxiety and depression that I have to talk myself out of. Um, I have a a show called All as well on my uh, podcast. And he talks about how you change your thinking. I I would recommend it to everybody. But he basically says, uh, let's say you have a radio station you don't like. What do you do? You change it. You change the station. So one of the things I've been trying to do for, since that show is to practice that and say, look, I have a bad thought. I can change the station and I have a good thought. So that's yeah. basically uh, helps me. Uh, during those periods where my anxiety just goes up, and I have no explanation for it, and the doctors don't know why it happens, but from ten thirty to one thirty, the rest of the day I'm pretty good. Uh, I, I'm on a lot of good medication. I'm on too much medication, but uh, I'm pretty pretty good at, at, at any time except those
2: midday blues that I get. Yes, sir. I completely understand. Um, even with everything that I do, um, I still have. I'm. I'm not gonna front. I still have those. Those times, like, okay, I just want to give up.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I, I know how bad depression can get, and the only thing I w- would recommend. Is, do you have a psychiatrist that gives you the medication? Um, I do not. Um. That might be something you want to get into and try to figure out exactly what you have. Because you may have like a bipolar condition that needs like lithium or or something like that. So um, that, that may be something you want to look into. Just throwing that out there. Yes, sir. Yeah, because uh, I have a psychiatrist and he prescribed something like a year ago. And it really, really helped me a lot. So I'm a advocate of medicine, medication. I think a lot of um, problems can be resolved through medication. I think a lot of, uh, I, I think, I, I look at mental illness as just chemical imbalance. And to get the chemicals right, sometimes you need the drugs. And not a lot of people are very happy about taking drugs for some reason or another. I guess it's, it's still a bad stigma that goes along with mental illness. And I guess there's side effects as well. But for me, as a person who, like I said, was in the corner and, and in a fetal position, uh, for me, I had no choice. I had to take medication. Otherwise, I'd be dysfunctional. But I could see that other people might benefit from it. So that's that's what I preach on my podcast. So, yes, That's what I'm all about. Um, I think your stuff is good, though. I uh, listened to some of it. Do you have a link to uh, your—I saw some
2: clothes out there that you're
1: selling, shirts or something?
2: Um, I do. It's um, actually—so the link to my online store is actually—it's hooked up to my website. Okay. So um,
1: That's how I got to it, I guess, yeah. Okay. So thank you very much for being on the show, and we'll keep in touch. And it's been uh, very nice talking to you.
2: It's nice talking to you, too. And thank you for having me on.
1: Okay, that's Mr. DeJean Williams, very bright man, has a great future ahead of him. I wish him all luck in the world. Okay, that concludes today's show. Uh, My email is overtherainbowbobgmail.com. That's over Rainbow Bob One Word at gmail dot com. My Twitter feed is at Over the Rain One Bow. That's at Over the Rain one bow. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Just look up OTR Achieving Mental Health for real. Okay, that's all I got. Have a good day. It's been great talking to you.